Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on this International Women's Day. Thought it only appropriate that you hear my voice first, being the man in the room, the one out of three. What is wrong with you? I don't know, Michaela. It felt like the right thing to do. That's how you open the show? Yeah, I'm going to mansplain to you. Your best friend's a woman and you're going to mansplain what International Mm -hmm. Women's Day is? That Start again. Sounds like a good idea. You know what happened to me on International Women's Day? What? I ran out of gas, and it's $7 a wait, gallon, you, so I'm walking. Wait, you ran out of gas today? I mean, I'm going to at some point today. The light is absolutely on, and I'm not filling it up. There's a gas station right around the corner on 6. Babe, it's $17 it a really gallon. Is. It's $100 to fill our tank right now. And I need a new gown, so guess who's not getting gas for a couple of days? Oh, Lord. You're going to look good, though. Thank you so You're much. You're going to look like an international woman. <laughs> so there's that. Congrats. Thanks, honey. Gas prices really are insane, Isn't though. Isn't that crazy? Um, a friend of ours, oh, I always say he's a friend of ours. You don't know him. He made a... What's his name? I can't say it because I'm about to drag him. Just say just say uh, initials. Can't. Okay. DM. I don't know him. Okay. Well, I said, honey. <laughs> he went on Facebook. He goes, I'm so tired of people complaining about gas prices. Just raise your coin, sis. And then somebody goes, coming uh. from somebody who doesn't have a car. Wow. And he goes, wow. well, I find luxury and abundance in Ubering. And I'm like, can you just shut up? <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Mean? I'm sick of these liberals. Oh, <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> a, I am one. I'm a raging liberal. And I'm like, come on. Grow up. I know. It is. It really is. The gas, though, they said it's not been this high since the 1940s. Yeah. Based on inflation and based on. Yeah. It, it's interesting because I've been seeing some things on social media. They're like, listen. We're stop. We're not buying oil from Russia right now, and and it's it's impacting gas prices and things, and and so you're doing your part. At least you're not like hiding in a, a bunker or in a subway system with your child trying to avoid being bombed. So when that it's put into that perspective, I'm like, okay, yeah, we we've got it way better. Well, than yeah, some. yeah, yes, honey, but also just to take a five minute drive, yes, cost me forty eight dollars. But on the other hand. Why is it always that when big like international crises are happening? It's always like the people have to like sacrifice, not like know, the multi, not the multi billionaires. I'm sure, I'm sure that oh, they, they don't could, even t- they don't even they could notice. stand to lose a couple of dollars, but instead we all pay a couple of dollars more at the tank. It's just it's a little bit infuriating. Yeah, it is. But it, yeah, it's all about it's like six or seven dollars a gallon at some places. Yeah, it's just bonkers. It really is. Wow, International Women's Day. Am I right? God, way to get that started. Well, we do have a fantastic show for you coming up today. Uh, and just, <laughs> we're talking Pamela Anderson and what's popping. I love it. 
that's, that's, that's what I want to talk she's about. She's iconic. My girl. We're also going to uh, give you some tips on breaking the bias at work. There's a campaign going around called hashtag break the bias because everything is a campaign right now. And we're going to solve sexism in six minutes here on the show. You excited about it? Yeah. Also, Michaela, who's off mic right now and coming over here to get a piece of paper from me so she can tell you about something very exciting that's going on uh, starting today that you can get in on. You want to tell our listeners about it? I do, honey. Well, Channel Q has your tickets into Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball. It's going to be at LA Dodgers Stadium Saturday, September 10th. One of her only 15 stadium shows this summer. Now, tickets do go on sale March 14th at Ticketmaster. But why wait when we've got your chance to win your way in? Channel Q is giving away Five pairs, and one of them could be yours. Five. Five? Yeah. We're giving away five? Yeah, all you have to do is head on over to WeirdChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win. It's so easy. And Gaga is an icon. LA Dodger Stadium is the vibe. Listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying that anybody listening right now should try to win, but I do have some people in my life that listen. I don't know. Brother Jerry's married in. I don't think he's allowed. Hmm. No, he's not allowed. Brother Jerry's not going. Can you divorce my sister real quick? Jerry, divorce my sister right now and get me those tickets. Yeah, that's perfect. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's illegal. All right, let's get into news news. (laughs) How about that? All right, multiple recent studies have concluded that conversion therapy harms the mental health of those subjected to it. But a report published Monday is the first to quantify the economic cost of the discredited practice. Efforts to change LGBTQ people's sexual orientation and gender identities cost the U.S. an estimated $9.23 billion each year. The Trevor Project, a national crisis intervention and suicide prevention organization, worked with a team of economists to develop a model that would examine both the direct costs of conversion therapy and the ongoing costs of mental health and other kinds of medical treatment for survivors of the practice, which entails talk therapy to, in rare cases, shock treatment and water torture. It is horrible, and we have to stand against it because conversion therapy is still very much legal. Disgusting. I know that the Trevor Project's been working on a campaign for years now called uh, 50, 50 for 50 or 50 by 50, I believe, where they're trying to ban conversion therapy in all 50 states. Um, but the, the battle continues. It's, it's just insane. All right, let's get into weather. 54 in New York, 70 in LA, 64 in Vegas, 75 in Palm Springs, 52 in Houston, and 75 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. I really think a champion is defined not by their wins, but by how they can recover when they fall. Said by the great Serena Williams on International oh, Women's Day. yeah, One love of the most that. famous women in the world. Uh, yeah, she's for real the I woman to kick off uh, International Women's Day. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for being here on this International Women's Day. Listen, it's Women's Day in this room every day of the week. Woohoo, honey! 2022 changed the game for us. I am now in the minority in this room. We have a female producer, and you are a whole lot of women, Michaela. So here I am. Thank you, honey. Right here in the middle. Yes! As you so, uh, should be. Let's talk about gay men then, shall Great. we? <laughs> good opportunity to do that. Yeah. No, this is, article on Queer Tea is really interesting. Gay men give shy single guy tips for how to hit the clubs solo. Clubs are opening up again, and that's one thing I miss so much. We're kind of planning a little weekend in Vegas, a uh, little double date situation yes. with my partner and your partner coming up maybe next month sometime. And I've told my partner that he's never really seen me like go clubbing. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's been at, like, bars and danced with me in, like, little clubs in, like, New York, but he's never seen me go clubbing. Like, Vegas, nightclub, lasers, lights, like, 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 oh, yeah, it's a vibe. the vibe. 
And so I can't wait because I love nothing more than dancing my face off for like hours at a time. Yeah. Just sweating and having a great time. Oh, I love it. Um, But I can't imagine doing it solo like oh. this guy is saying. So what do you do as the world reopens now? Sometimes your friends have maybe moved away and you want to you want to be social again. You want to go out again. Are you a type of a solo nightclub kind of gal? Oh, yeah. Really? I love to go alone. When I actually, it's so funny because when I was single, because I just love to dance. Also, this comes from a very privileged place. I don't want anyone to listen and be like, oh, I should. I am in by nature just have a big personality. Mm. I, I feel very say. insecure yeah. about mm. many things, but going to a club alone to dance is not one of them. Really? I love to dance. And also, that's sort of what got me in trouble when I was looking for a girlfriend at 21. I went to the club alone to find a girlfriend and the lesbians were mean to me. So it totally shut, it did really shut down my experience because I was like, I hate lesbian. Why did I just say I hate lesbians? I feel it's interesting (laughs) because- They were mean to me. Lesbians are mean to you and you were solo. And this was a while ago, to be fair. You were 21. So that was like 30 years ago. This was also like 15 years ago. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. 78 years ago. (laughs) When also there wasn't really a- my kind of looking lesbian. Yeah. So it felt like they thought I was like a tryhard or whatever. Mm. I have no idea. Because you weren't wearing flannel. Right, because I had mm. a I had a guinea tee on with no bra and I thought that was the move. And what's I was a, like what's a guinea tee? It's what like uh, you see oftentimes in like Italian movies, the white undershirt, tank top. Oh. There's another name for it, but you're not allowed to call it that anymore. So I did it. I feel like guinea's probably problematic too. I don't well, know. Well I'm why. Italian, it's sounded, not sounded weird to me. <laughs> um no this is interesting. I I find that on the instances where I have gone out to like clubs and stuff with my partner, I feel like nobody talks to me at all. And that's interesting too, because I almost feel like, oh, they're like, they're paired off ill. Like I, I feel that vibe sometimes where not a lot of like older gay guys will, because they're like, I don't give an F, like whatever. But like younger gay guys will kind of just glare and not not say a word. And I, I miss just having, I think it's important to have kiki friends. Yeah, it is. Like that group that you just laugh with and dance with. And it might not be any deeper than that, but I miss that. Well, if you don't have that, there's some really good tips this guy's giving. He's saying, look approachable, as in make occasional eye contact with people and soften your expression. If your discomfort shows on your face, try to give a little smile. Is that my problem? It could be. Why? You don't look. My fiance has resting B face. Oh, I'm allowed to say it, resting bitch face. And I think sometimes I do too. It's really, yeah. I'm like, I get nervous and insecure and I'm like, I don't want to, I'm afraid to meet people. And then I look like a jerk. Yeah. That's and okay. They say just, so they all see me. <laughs> yeah. Just brighten up your smile. Okay. Also go in with no expectations, no intention. Just stand at the bar, have a few drinks and see what happens. Wait, 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 wait. What's that like? I've never gone into anything in my entire life without an expectation. I have an expectation for everything. That's why I'm always let down. My therapist and I are working on it. Yeah. No, but that's what he's saying because really... I think it's important to know that sometimes you're not the only gay man in the club wanting to have fun. Like, a lot often, I will say oftentimes, where you think you're the weirdo or the loner, if you give it a few minutes to talk to another weirdo or loner, you both are there for the same reason and can really end up enjoying yourself. That's true. And I know, listen, I know that gay men and women can be extremely judgmental, so it probably feels terrifying if you're more reserved and you're shy. But also, I think... As we get older, we learn that some of that, that what seems like judgment, right, is really like self-judgment oftentimes on our own part. And we're just as anxious or nervous as the other person who is also retreating to a corner and afraid to talk to people. Totally. Yeah. 
totally. Also, there's a lot of social anxiety coming out of a pandemic and being able to socialize and, uh, you know, know that everyone feels like that. It's yeah. crazy. I put my mask back on after 30 seconds at the grocery store the other day because I was like, well, I don't have to wear it anymore, but now I'm <gasps> Listen, going to. I went to Whole Foods and I wore my mask and really nobody had one on. In Whole Foods? At Hippy Dippy Whole Foods? Yes. And I was like, okay. So I took it off because I felt like the weirdo. Yeah. God, I hate it. All right, coming up from Baywatch to Broadway, find out who is headed back to Broadway for a second chance at her career. Coming up in What's Poppin'. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Broadway is back, baby. And a big, big name is heading to the Great White Way. Michaela, what do you have for us? And what's popping? Lord, Lord, I love this story. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about Pam and Tommy, the new docuseries on Hulu. Uh, it was created without the, the consent of any of the parties. So I actually didn't know that either. But Tommy Lee did not give his consent either. And now uh, Pamela Anderson is taking her power back. She's joined Netflix to do a documentary that will share her side of the story regarding her infamous sex tape with ex-husband Tommy Lee, which I love because if you've seen the Hulu series, it's devastating, beyond devastating what they did to Pamela Anderson. And uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. It was awful. But not only is she going to join Netflix, she's joining Broadway. April 12th is when she starts her Broadway run and she'll be playing Roxy in Chicago. Now, Roxy isn't a difficult role to play. It's been played by uh, Erica Jane, Brandi Norwood, Lisa Rinna, Ashley Simpson. So it's not asking for very much when it comes to acting chops or singing. But she's really excited and she said, I'm going to put it all out on the table and I'm going to bet on myself completely. I just want to do this to see what I'm capable of. Because if you also watch the series early on in Pamela's career, she wanted to be a serious actress. She wanted to have like those big monologue moments and they just weren't given to her. And so I really relate to her just wanted to see what she's able to do at 54 years old she still looks great she had a really tough couple of years in my opinion and uh, i can't wait to see her in the role i might go to new york to see her because i love her so much you know what uh, yeah you know i saw erica jane right before the pandemic Mm -hmm. it was like a week or so before the pandemic i flew out there with my mom because she's a big fan of hers we saw her like you said chicago not the most thrilling show in the world, and this isn't the most difficult, challenging role in the world, but she's going to star in a Broadway show. Major. Like, that's iconic. Yeah. As Pamela Anderson? Yes. Totally. So I love it. Good luck, Pammy. All right, coming up today is International Women's Day, and we're discussing a new campaign called How to Break the Bias and how this benefits everyone from your grandma to your female besties coming up in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Listen here, there's no better way in my calculation to celebrate International Women's Day than by doing a giveaway? What? Lady Gaga is playing Dodger Stadium in L.A. Yes, the site of Elton John's iconic 1975 concert. Now, Gaga is going to make history once again in this legendary ballpark. With the Chromatica Ball on September 10th. And Channel Q is giving away five pairs of tickets to Gaga. Enter to win right now at wearechannelq.com. I want tickets. 
Come on. I want tickets, too. Five pairs of tickets to some lucky listeners? Iconic. I, I think it's so fun. I saw, I've, I've seen one concert at Dodger Stadium, and it was uh, Madonna's Sticky and Sweet Tour years ago. It's a really, really, really awesome venue to see a show in. Lady Gaga. I'm obsessed with Lady Gaga. You All you have to do is head on over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win. It's so easy, and it's so worth it. September 10th, 2022 at the legendary LA Dodger Stadium. Gaga! Gaga! I'm going Gaga. You're going Gaga for Gaga? It's like Cuckoo for cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, or what was it? Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Is yeah. that what it was? Mm-hmm. Gaga for Gaga. For Gaga. I love it. Love What's it. your favorite Gaga song? Oh my God, that's too hard to say. No, there's, I mean, it depends on my mood. Poker because face, I love, romance. like, Just Dance okay, yeah. was such mm. a moment in time for me. Like, obviously, it was her first bop, but I also like. Um, Rain on Me. Rain on Me, I Telephone. love. But, um, 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 what is it? With the high heels on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a country song. You and I, you and I. You and I. Oh, my God, I sing the whole song to know it. Was that from her country album? No, that was right before the country album. Uh Oh, that probably led to the country album. Yeah, Joanne. I'd love to see it. Let's call it Joan from now on. All right. Say Joan. Fine, don't call it by its name. <laughs> there is, a, you know, the album cover with her profile with the hat on and the blonde hair. Um, it's like a, I think it's a pink cowboy hat or something like that. When I go to this barber shop to get tr- a trim, um, it's Floyd's. So it's like a, there's like a chain of them, right? And they do my beard all the time. This girl, Devin, she's fantastic. But they have the uh, plastered art pop of like different like musicians from over the like different eras all over the walls is like their wallpaper and right in front of her station well trey songs is also their shirtless which is hot but also that cover of that album is right there and i look at so hot gaga gaga and i gag love it it's time for news on the beat what do you got all right honey well there's a lot going on texas children's hospital the nation's largest pediatric hospital said it will stop providing gender affirming care to transgender youth citing orders from texas governor greg abbott to investigate transition related care as child abuse the hospital announced the change after reviewing abbott's order the mission of texas children's hospital is to create a healthier future for all children including transgender children within the bounds of the law the hospital said in a press release this step was taken to safeguard our healthcare professionals and impacted families from potential criminal legal ramifications. The hospital's announcement is the latest blow to transgender youth and families since the governor's controversial order last month. Inspired by a legally non-binding interpretation of the law uh, that flies in the face of the scientific literature and the consensus of the medical community, the order has also prompted the Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate one of its own employees because they have a transgender child. That investigation is currently blocked by a judge's ruling. All right, in other news, the Human Rights Campaign has filed a legal response to the racial discrimination lawsuit by its former president, Alfonso David, saying he was fired for legitimate non-discriminatory reasons, having absolutely nothing to do with race. David, who was HRC's first black president, was let go of last year after it became known that he'd advised then-New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on response to sexual harassment accusations against Cuomo. Cuomo, David had been the governor's in-house counsel before joining HRC. An investigation by New York's attorney general's office found at least some of the accusations credible and revealed David's assistance. Cuomo subsequently resigned as governor. 
All right, we'll continue keeping you updated about that. But for now, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 75 in Palm Springs, 52 in Houston, 45 in Kansas City, 70 in LA, 75 in La Quinta, and 75 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. You want a vibe of the day? I think this one comes from Serena Williams, my favorite tennis player of Mm -hmm. all time. I really think a champion is defined not by their wins, but by how they can recover when they fail. Yes. Mm. Read that. All right, coming up today is International Women's Day, and we're discussing a new campaign called How to Break the Bias and How This Benefits Everyone, from your grandma to your female besties, coming up in seven minutes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. As we're now live on the air about to do this segment on a practical guide to breaking workplace gender bias once and for all, I feel like maybe we should have had this discussion off air and I should have let you introduce this section because once again, here I am mansplaining International Women's Day. Well, here I, I will cut in because I have a really good point to this story. I was listening to Brene Brown the other day. And if you're not her. familiar with her, she's amazing. And I've really been doing my best to like just better my life. And I think that she's got so many great tools. But she was on this podcast with uh, Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach and they were talking about the difference and I almost skipped over it because that wasn't the lesson I want you to learn but they were talking about misogyny and they were talking about the difference that Brene Brown uh is treated with men that are in the same field as her. Mm. They're looked at as these like emotional scientific researchers and she's looked at as a therapist. And she talks about Mm. when she was giving this talk, uh, one of the people that were interviewing her said, so, you know, what does it like feel to be a therapist? And she goes, yeah, can you just stop saying that? Because I'm not a therapist. Like, I don't, like I have therapists. I go to therapy. I'm not a therapist. I'm a researcher. She is a researcher. I've read her books. Yeah. She makes that very clear too. Yeah. Mm. And so she said that when the article came out, they, the, the, point of the title was um, Brene Brown is a really great therapist but don't you dare call her that. So rude. And she was like, I was infuriated because they don't do that to my male colleagues. 
They can write 48 books, and the New York Times bestseller is like crazy for them. Yeah. I write more than one book, and they're like, how many emotions does this woman have? Well, it's interesting because like the Tony Robbins of the world or the Jay Shetties or like any of these guys that you might follow that are like these inspirational, motivational speakers and authors, Mark Manson's, like those types – it's fascinating because I feel like they're often t- – because I'm kind of I, – I tap into that world sometimes. I do some motivational speaking. I'm an author too, but I'm not at their level for sure. But it's interesting because it's almost like men are celebrated when they're in tap with like one emotion. Like one emotion, yeah. they're like, wow, you must really – You're so you deep. Mu- you're so deep and you must really know yourself. But if a woman has two emotions – She's that's overly emotional. two emotions too many. Well, and it's crazy because she also said based off of her research that – Men who are in like the the self help field or do researching will always read other uh, male led books. Mm. Women read both men and women books, but it's proven that men only read other men's books because men don't see women as equal or competitors. So right. like, why, and the why, bar what's a man so going to learn? Yeah, what's a man going to learn? That it's very easy, and so that's something that happened. Just that was a very new podcast. So I think that that's you know the bias that happens. Um, in all workplaces, well, when it, it comes to women and men, it, it has to end. It's interesting. As as recently as uh, 2017, 2018, women earn more than half of bachelor's degrees. 57% of all bachelor's degrees are going to women. Like, think about this. 30, 40 years ago, women weren't going to college in these numbers. And they're over 57% go to females. Master's degrees. 60% of all master's degrees are going to women. That means only 40% of them are going to men. Simple math, people. And I want to say, we talked about this last week, but I'm going to say it again because it's a really amazing, beautiful point considering that it's, you know, Women's International Day. Uh, When a woman is on her uh, menstrual cycle, Mm -hmm. it is an article that has been scientifically proven that the pain is enough uh, for the pain of a heart attack. And for 30, 40, 50 years, uh, 20 years, Women have been expected to just go to the workplace, work through that. Like you would never tell a man who's bleeding and like having heart attack ailments, go to work, go for a run, go Honey, take care of the kids. I've got a scratch in my throat and I'm staying home. I'm like, nope, not going to work. I'm in pain. Right. But then women, not only do they have to perform better in the workplace because they're not as respected, they then have to go home and take care of their children, put food on the table. They then have to go run and do grocery shopping to then make the meals. Well, let's talk, let's talk about gender bias in the workplace a little bit because this is really f- all fascinating stuff. And I think that it's important that you that you just hear these stats. You know, both this and this is the interesting thing because you say women, female researchers or, or, or authors will also read men's work while men don't really read women's work. Not me, but uh, successful right. ones, right? Uh, these are the stats revealed to us. Both male and female hiring managers are twice as likely to hire a male candidate. Women too. The female managers also, because they're, they're in a system where they feel like, okay, well, I can't I can't do too much for my, myself. I remember when Barack Obama was our president. Everybody's like, you need to make everybody black. All, your whole cabinet needs to be black. You need to give up black rights, black rights, black rights, right? And people were mad at him because he didn't do more for the black community right away. But like, he's like, I'm the first. I don't want to be the last. Yeah. So I need to also like do this slowly. Um, both men and women ask for pay raises at the same rate, but women receive them 5% less often. That's very true. I know that firsthand 100%. Um, and in practical terms, uh, 
as far as like performance support bias, giving one gender, usually men, more support resources and opportunities than the other is very, very common. We all know about the glass ceiling. So how do we how do we like do something about this? You know, if you're in a position where you can actually do something about this, rethink maybe if you're if you're hiring. If you're recruiting new talent, think how you approach that. Don't just look at the same pool you've always looked at. Don't look at just a bunch of guys and think, oh, who's my best option? Well, also, according to this as well, married women without kids have the lowest callback rates during the recruitment process as are often deemed a pregnancy risk. Now, I want you to think Uh, about this. That part. Think about this. Mm. A woman who is literally the lifeline gave birth to every man on this earth. No man would be here without it. That's a that's a risk. That's somehow a notch against them. Yeah. And I'll say many times, at least in Hollywood, I the only reason I don't have children now is because I didn't know how I would have a child and still be able to go out for auditions six months pregnant or nine months pregnant. And I think that the questions now need to lean to how do we embrace women, the workplace, and them being pregnant uh, how do we? I mean, I think that they're doing a really good job over at our sister station. I knew you were going to say. I was Did thinking you know of that? Allie. I was thinking yeah. of Allie Johnson this yeah. whole time. She was pregnant. She well, stayed she on to, air for she nine used months. To be here at Channel Q. Yeah. And now she we moved love over her. to K Lesbian mom. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Love her. And she came back kind of quickly, like after a couple weeks. Yeah. And then she made a an Instagram post that said, listen, I came back because I wanted to come back to work. I wanted to show my place. And also because she was probably, you know, doesn't probably has that very natural fear of getting replaced because women well, often do when they get pregnant. Different it's things. also this industry. Like yeah, I totally. took one day off of work one time and lost my job. So I, I can't imagine taking two weeks off and right. Totally. And so she said, but I'm just not ready to come back. Like my body's not okay. My brain's not okay. I just gave birth to a baby. And so I'm going to take a few more weeks off. And, I, and I'm and i so happy that the company understood Listen, that. If you have a baby, as far as I'm concerned, you should get like six months. Just take the time. Just really, really connect with that child. I understand that's not always feasible for every for every employer to allow that. But at least six to eight well, weeks. Well, and the argument something. that you could make, you know, if a woman takes off eight weeks and they're like, another man's going to pull the slack. That's not true. Another woman could step into yes. her place and take it on well, and very one has. much. And one they did. Gave the opportunity to a woman Crystal over there. Crystal B, if you've heard her in L.A., she's she great. stepped in for Allie and she's doing a great job. But I do. I think it's just, I mean, if you really think about that, that's what it sums it all down in the workplace. Women are punished for getting pregnant when... That's literally how everybody got here. It's unbelievable. All of us us got here. Yeah. So change it. Do better. I'll say this company does pretty good, though. Yeah. Yeah. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. So, have you ever watched the show Naked and Afraid? Yes, obsessed. Okay, so I went through like a, a phase a few years ago where I binged it. And I was like, this is really fascinating to look at people who are... Literally naked. No. And genitalia just out uh, and sleeping in the wilderness, surviving off the land and trying to make it with a partner usually. It's usually a male and a female who are paired together. All right. Um, It's sort of an iconic show and it has caught a lot of eyeballs over the years. It's on the Discovery Channel now. uh, And this season is taking place uh, in Zambia, Africa. Well, it's also catching headlines because for the very first time, uh, Naked and Afraid has cast a trans woman as a contestant on the show. This is really, really fascinating. I think that's iconic, mm-hmm. but I actually don't know why my brain went to somewhere else. Can we just talk about this quickly? Sure. This show, they put them out like you could be freezing cold, yeah. mm-hmm. right? We've seen that. Do you think that 
when it was partnered, uh, female, female, or male, male, or male, female, have any of these contestants hooked up in the name of survival? Warmth? Survival. Yes. Like, you're like, listen, I don't know about you, but I'd hook up right now because I just need to be warm. And also, I'm exhausted. I haven't eaten in 10 days. Um, This is interesting because the only thing, I don't know anybody who's been on Naked and Afraid, but I have a lot of friends who have competed on Survivor. So it's the closest thing I can okay, think of. Okay. And I've been on a reality show, but we weren't naked. We were fully clothed, but we did live in the wilderness for a month. So in some ways, I can kind of relate. But I was fully clothed for the most part. Um, And... My survivor friends always say, absolutely not. Like, even if you're stuck in a three-day rainstorm freezing your tail off, like, you cut, you definitely, you're getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. You haven't eaten a meal in days or weeks sometimes. And even then, you don't, like, have sex. You might cuddle in a group to try to get some body warmth. But to actually have sex, they're like, it's the last thing from your, the furthest thing from your mind. I want to talk about privilege very quickly. Because I love those shows, and I'm going to continue watching them. But imagine, you're like, I would like to spend a month naked. In Fiji. And afraid. Oh, oh yeah. With no food. Yeah. No resources. Yeah, on purpose. And and that I want to do that on purpose. And let cameras follow me and chuckle at me. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, I could never. I, I'll be honest. I'm a pretty brave girl. But I hate being cold. I hate being naked. However... Loving the diversity that Naked and Afraid well, is, is yeah, Her bringing. name is Tara. She's 37 years old and a Florida veteran. Uh, she's now made TV history. Uh, she was assigned uh, the male gender at birth but began transitioning four years ago because she always felt female. And this is really interesting, too, because I know people have a lot of questions. A lot of times people get so hung up on genitalia yeah. when it comes to uh, something like this. And she addresses it head on. She said, things on the outside aren't what they are supposed to be at this point in my transgender tra- uh, transition, uh, explained Tara. I do have breasts and I do have the male genitalia still. Really interesting because her teammate, Sean, uh, was incredible. He welcomed her with open arms. I love that. And so that's fascinating because not all men would have that same reaction because on this show, you meet each other for the very first time. It kicks off the show and you are both completely nude and you can't help but naturally glance down. It's what you do. Of course. Um, And there was a show called, was it Dating Naked that was on for a little while? My friend Roxy Diaz hosted it. My friend Amy Paffrath hosted it for a couple seasons too. And that was another dating. You, You literally were naked and dating. And every single time... Everybody awkwardly just looked down to see what they're working with. But do you also notice that you just do, like, I feel like I, in general, like, look at people. Like, Is that why you even look at mine the ch- every shut day? Shut up. Weirdo. Even when I'm in the gym, I notice I'm, like, checking a girl out or a guy out. But I'm, I'm not. I'm actually just, like, interested in... Like, people's bodies. Like, I'm like, what's going on over there? Well, I, I am, too. I mean, this is interesting, though, because Sean is South African. Uh, he's a farmer, her partner, and also considers himself very conservative. Wow. And literally welcomed her with open arms. He said, "You're." he's like, yeah, you're unique. Um, when he first looked at her, he said, it is a bit of a shock to me, but we're all unique and special. What a great answer. He went on to add, I'm open-minded and we're going to do this together. Don't worry, I've got your back. Um That's pretty incredible stuff because not everybody would have that reaction. And also I think, and this is sad, but I think it's part of the equation that if you are in the process of transitioning and you're going on a show like this, especially as Tara, uh, as a female who's, you know, halfway through the transition, not physically all the way there yet, 
I think you also have to show some grace too. It's like coming out as a queer person in some ways in that you need to realize that maybe this is something you've dealt with internally for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And then when you reveal it to somebody for the very first time, it might not be that they dislike you or that they judge you or they're afraid of you. It might just be different than what they expected and they might need a moment to catch up. Totally. And I think that also everything, I I will say for Tara, I would feel terrified if I knew that I was the first transgender woman and I didn't know who my partner was going to be because it could have gone so many ways. Because then you're stuck out there for a month with That's what I'm saying. Like there's cameras there, but what if you were some sort of psychopath, her partner, and like was really transphobic? We've seen that story play out time and time again. It could have gone so many different ways. And I'm, I'm just really grateful that for her, not only does she get to so freely be on television creating history but that she was welcomed with uh, and kudos to him for just being a human because here's the thing also there's another layer of pressure on the male who is you know maybe internally might have one thought process but externally very much realizes hey i'm on camera right now and so i better figure this out because i cannot react and that's 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 tricky totally. to navigate. And I, I, kudos to Discovery Channel for actually yeah. doing this. That's pretty cool. The whole thing. I, I think it's really great. Took them 14 seasons, but whatever. Here we are. Better late than never. All right, coming up from Dancing with the Stars to an all-out war. Find out why the celebrity is planning a trip to Europe and what his plans are coming up and what's popping. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. A heartbreaking story coming out of Ukraine. Michaela, what do you have for us? Yeah, this story is really, really tough to have to talk about. I can't imagine how he must feel. Uh, Max uh, Shermakovsky, we heard from, what was it, last week that he was stuck in Ukraine. He had been there working, which he often does. He is Ukrainian, so it wasn't out of the blue. But he got stuck uh, among the war. And so he's now safely back in the United States. um, But he's having major survivor's remorse. He was talking on a podcast just this week. Take a listen to what he said, and then we'll discuss. I feel guilty. I feel bad. I get into these cry moments, I'm emotional, you know, I can't control it. I cried on the way from from the airport. I felt embarrassed. You know, I felt embarrassed the entire ride back because I was the only man on the train amongst all women and, and children. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a really tough situation. Imagine being stuck in Ukraine. He also goes on to say that he does plan on going to Poland next week, and he does will be joining efforts on the ground. Um, but he said it, it really wasn't a decision to leave. It was more like he got told that he had to. The Ukrainian people in general were waiting for this conflict. They were prepared. It was eight years in the making, and that was a whole general feeling since he started working in Ukraine in, in September of last year. But I mean, I, there's so many ways to look at this story. Should he have just stayed and fought like uh, his Ukrainian people? Did he take a seat from a woman or a child yeah. when he got on the train? <laughs> Everybody's mind goes to Titanic. You yes. know, and the men take the seats from the women and children. And I think it's so much more complex. You know, he was there as a judge on Ukraine's World of Dance, which is a spinoff of the one that was here in the United States. And his, his heritage is Ukrainian. But his life and his family are here in the United States. So I think I can imagine. Listen, it's really tough because also you have to think when this blows over, God willing that it all does, will he be shunned from the Ukrainian people because he didn't just stay and fight? Will they understand that he went back and did? Do people kind of understand what's happening? It's, I would not want to be in his position. I can't. And I'll, listen, you make the decision that's best for you. And also, I know, I know this, is a, is, this could be a hot-button statement to make, but in a world now where on International Women's Day, we are fighting for equality in all ways, all ways. Women fight in wars now. They're in the military now. Is it always as simple as women and children first and men stay behind? Do you know what I'm saying? And I know that might sound complex, but if we want men to not necessarily just be the breadwinners and women to only be the caretakers, if we want that world, then how does that conversation change? Well, I think because women birth those children and children most of the time innately feel... Absolutely. I'm just, I'm having the conversation. Does that mean every man then by default has to fight in a war? Or is that an outdated way of looking at it? I don't know, because I do feel like while women want equality, there's never going to be equality because we physically um, have to different. do more than men do. Of course. Like, it is it is very different. So then so, so then, if, if it's mother, women, and children, are single women now kept behind? Like, I think it's just a really complex thing, and I'm trying to process what might be going through his mind and how bad he feels about leaving and maybe taking a seat from a woman. And I think that's just a, in times like this, it's a very, I just want peace for him and for any person who got out. I often think about that. Like, what would I do if there was a fire in a building or if there was a catastrophe, right? Look at the heroes that ran into the towers on 9-11 when everybody else was running out, right? I often think like, what would I have done? Would I have run in or would I have run out? Would I have tried to save people and risk my life? Or would I have run for safety? Well, I don't know, because I heard this story yesterday. One of my dear friends, this happened here in Los Angeles. She went to the pharmacy to get medicine, and she saw this man violently attack this woman, Mm. shut her legs in the car, and stole her purse. And I said, what did you do? And she said, "I, I went back into the pharmacy and called 911. Because I can't, I can't go fight anymore. Like it's too dangerous now to stand in of to course. go stand up for. Mm. And I would have probably, and I, I, I won't now. But I probably would have seen that woman and gone and attacked that man for her. Like it's just my nature. It's how I was raised. But it's a scary place to be in now because you don't know how crazy people are it's just not you're not fighting the same thing anymore yeah i don't know i feel bad it's a really tough situation it's a bigger conversation um and i i hope that he finds peace and resolution with that
All right, coming up in the next hour, when your dogs bark, are they actually communicating with you? And what are they trying to say? We'll discuss. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Save your tears for another day or get ready to let them flow right now. These are going to be tears of joy, though, because Channel Q has your tickets to Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball. That's right. L.A.'s Dodger Stadium this Saturday, September 10th, right around the corner. Uh, One of only 15 stadium shows she has the entire tour. Tickets go on sale March 14th at Ticketmaster. But why wait when you've got your chance to win your way in? Channel Q is giving away five pairs, and one of them could be yours. Head over to wearechannelq.com and enter for your chance to win. Also, download the Odyssey app while you're there and listen to our show as a podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't miss your chance to witness Lady Gaga's iconic Chromatica Ball at L.A.'s Dodger Stadium Saturday, September 10th, 2022. I know that's right. Come on, wearechannelq.com. Head over there right now. Five? Five pairs of tickets. That's a lot of tickets. That's a lot of tickets, and for a very good show. Listen, you're not going to be disappointed if you go see Gaga. Come on. I saw her perform Poker Face face for the first time at a white party years ago. She debuted the song there, and I was front row and about lost my mind. Iconic. Jeffrey Sanker, may he rest in peace. He knew how to pick them. He got her to perform two years in a row. And then a couple years later, I saw Ariana Grande debut her single, uh, Problem. Yes. Also at White Party. Love. Incredible stuff. But you can see her at Dodger Stadium. Just head over to We Are Channel Q right now uh, to the website. Michaela. What's going on in news? All right, honey. Well, there's so much going on this morning. Texas Children's Hospital, the nation's largest pediatric hospital, said it will stop providing gender-affirming care to transgender youth, citing orders from Texas Governor Greg Abbott to investigate transition-related care as child abuse. The hospital announced the change after reviewing Abbott's order. The mission of Texas Children's Hospital is to create a healthier future for all children, including transgender children, Within the bounds of the law, the hospital said in a release, this step was taken to safeguard our health care professionals and impacted families from potential criminal legal ramifications. The hospital's announcement is the latest blow to transgender youth and families since the governor's controversial order last month, inspired by a legally non-binding interpretation of the law uh, by A.G. Paxton that flies in the face of the scientific literature and the consensus of the medical community. The order has also prompted the Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate one of its own employees because they have a transgender child. That investigation is currently blocked by a judge's ruling. All right, in other news, uh, Florida's students swarmed the state capitol in Tallahassee as debate on the controversial Don't Say Gay bill got underway in the state Senate. After first gathering for a rally on the steps outside, students walked into the Capitol and took a seat outside the chamber. Videos shared from inside showed the group observing a moment of silence as a youth organizer read the names of LGBTQ people who have died by suicide after experiencing anti-LGBTQ hate. That was followed by a chorus of Amazing Grace. The Parental Rights in Education bill, as it's officially known, would limit discussions of sexual orientation and gender identity in some classes, Uh, and potentially allow parents to sue if they believe any reference to LGBTQ people or issue in school is inappropriate. The bill passed the Republican-controlled Florida House on a 69-47 to vote last month, with seven GOP members crossing the aisle to vote against it. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 75 in Cathedral City. 
75 in La Quinta, a high of 82 in Miami, 75 in Palm Springs, 64 in Vegas, 70 in LA, and a high of 54 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. I'm going to give you a vibe in just a second. But first, I just want to call out International Women's Day. I say how thankful I am to work with two women, two international women. Angel. Our uh, Colombian-American producer and our Italian-American co-host of mine. Yes! And as a uh, as a as an immigrant from Ohio, <laughs> by way of uh, German, Dutch, English, and Irish ancestry, we are an international morning show. Yes, we are. I uh, haven't been to my homelands, but uh, I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're great, honey. <laughs> and I love you both. I love working with you. We love you. Thanks for putting up with my wild, wild personality. Here's your vibe of the day. I really think a champion is defined not by their wins, but by how they can recover when they fall. Love. Serena Williams. Okay, Serena. strong woman. Yeah, I love that. All right, coming up, when your dogs bark, are they actually communicating with you? And what are they trying to say? I would love to know. Coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. I'm going to be real honest right now. I was a little bit later to work this morning than I usually am because my dog wasn't feeling great yesterday. He threw up on the rug (laughs) again, and so we let him sleep in the gated area in our kitchen with his little dog bed as opposed to his kennel. So this morning, to make sure he was okay, he was super, super, super cuddly, and I just wanted to give him a little extra love to make sure he was fine before I went to work. Love it. Sometimes it's a hard time. It's difficult for me to leave because I love my dog so much. Listen, I love my dog so much that I forced him to do Runyon Canyon thinking he wanted to be outside, and he has now walked down the hill for the second time alone. Yeah, nope, not into it. Um, He's a lap dog. So. so we have a lot of questions. The other day on the show, we were, we were debating, discussing whether or not Michaela's dog, Rocco, actually laughs because I tell you what, this dog actually does laugh, and he laughs with his teeth, and he chuckles, and it's when you say funny things. Yeah, no, so, he understands. So can dogs actually communicate with us? We've got an expert on the line right now, Dr. Clive Wynn, professor of psychology at Arizona State University and author of Dog is Love, yes. Why and How Your Dog Loves You. Dr. Wynn, thank you so much for being here. Can dogs well, communicate? Thank you for having me on. Do they, do they actually communicate, though? Are they actually trying to talk to us when they bark? Well, so, AJ, I mean, yes, absolutely our dogs communicate with us. They're communicating with us the whole the whole time when they're not actually just fast asleep. They're communicating with us. But I, I don't say that dogs use words like we use in our human language. Our human language is a bit different. But, you know, they convey to us when they're, when they're scared, when they're happy, when they're having fun, when they're hungry, when they want to go O-U-T. I have to be careful because my dog's right here. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're communicating all the time. But it's a different system of communication. But, uh, you know, we're very different than they are. And uh, and that's great. But the beauty of it is the two animals that are so different can nonetheless understand each other well enough that we can have this beautiful life that we share with them. Mm. Dr. Clive, first of all, your voice is riveting. You opened that mouth and I was like, soothe, soothe me. Um, I think and have always felt like my dog can communicate so effectively with me. He did yesterday as well. I also think he laughs. But how do you tell the difference if he's trying to warn you or about something that you should be afraid of or if he's just trying to tell you that he's hungry because I my dogs will let me know if someone scary is coming by or if they just need a, a treat so is there a way to sort of differentiate the barks 
Well, Michaela, I mean, my dog's the same, right? My dog can tell me if the person who's walking up to our front door is a stranger or a friend. And mm-hmm. a stranger gets a full-on bark, you know, what the heck, what's going on here? And a friend, she starts crying and she gets so excited. But um, there are certain broad brushstrokes that we can say dogs bark, usually, typically, because they're anxious, concerned about something that's going on in their world and they want to bring your attention to it. And on the other hand, dogs cry and some dogs howl because they're expressing loving connection to people or to other dogs or even a cat perhaps sometimes. But the thing is, our dogs are not just machines, right? Our dogs are not machines. You have to learn the language of your dog. Michaela, you were saying that your dog laughs. My dog doesn't laugh, right? I mean, that's a that's Well, you're a, a doctor. Zone. I'm a comedian. Our dogs know who we are as people. <laughs> well, maybe that's the reason. But, no, I, but I honestly think that each, just like every person, right? I mean, even if we all speak English, we use our language differently. And, uh, you know, sometimes somebody can tell you something that on the flat face of it seems to be a compliment. But you know from their tone of voice that they're actually trying to insult well, you, right? It goes to your point, so, Michaela. Yeah. Well, it goes to your point that you say that you speak English and Michaela speaks English and I speak English, but we sound very different. Well, there's that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. So, so we have to. You have to learn your dog's language. You have to listen and you have to pay attention, and uh, and it's worth the investment, right? Because you know, the closer you understand your dog, the richer the relationship is that you have, and the more your dog can help you, telling you that this is a friend coming to the door or this is something you should worry about. Um, Uh, I mean, how do we know when to curb that, though? Because it's interesting because, for instance, my mom's dog barks at everything and it drives me crazy. My my dog just turned one in November. He's the sweetest. He's a woodle. He's a soft coated Uh terrier poodle. He's the sweetest thing in the entire world. But now he's starting to bark just a little bit and starting to cry. He cries when we leave because he's kind of a covid dog. My partner and I are with him a lot. He doesn't like when he's separated from either of us. Yeah. But it's interesting, though, because he also barks when there's some noise outside the door or somebody comes to our door. But if one of us are coming home to the door, somehow, from the other side of our home, he knows and he doesn't bark. He knows if it's me at the door. How does he know that? Also, should we be curbing that character trait? Should we uh, not be allowing him to bark? Is there a way to do that? Or should we just let him do what's natural, instinctive to him? Right. Well, well. so, AJ, you raised you raise several good questions there. I mean, how does a dog know that the person approaching the door is a friend and not a stranger when the dog cannot see through the door? And that's because most dogs have vastly superior hearing to most human beings. So they hear, I remember when I was a kid, the dog knew when one of my parents was coming home because the dog could hear the car engine well before any of the humans in the house could hear the engine wow. of the car. So, so they have vastly superior hearing, and they learn. They learn the sound of your footsteps, the sound of your particular car engine. Um, my wife and son love to go around on bicycles, and the dog can hear bicycles approaching and gets very excited. So, so they can learn what's going on in their world. Um, but then the other part of your question, and I'm not a dog trainer, right, guys? So, so I'm a dog scientist. I think I have some level of understanding, but I'm not a dog trainer. But I will say that trying to stop dogs barking by punishing them, by telling them it's wrong, 
is always going to fail. It's completely counterproductive because the dog is barking out of an excess of fear and anxiety. And if you start bringing pain into the world on top of that, you make the dog all the more fearful, all the more anxious, and you just make a bad situation worse. Mm. So what I try and do with my dog is I try, if my, I mean, fortunately, my dog doesn't go too crazy unless there's really a fairly decent reason for it. Um, but I try and talk my dog down. So I use, I know she doesn't understand my words, but she understands tone of voice. And so I use my tone of voice to reassure her that I'm there for her, that this is not a problem situation, that we can all just calm down. And at least for my dog, that seems to largely work. Um, well, Dr. Clive, problem, we've just got yeah. like one minute left. I want to get one question to you. I will say yeah, yeah. when my dog barks, I never wanted him to feel like I was judging him. So now I just bark with him. And although I'm <laughs> barking for others, I'm like, no, yeah, I'm here for my dog. Bar- Come on. How does that go? Woof, Give us a I love my dog. He's going to feel supported in this family uh, with one minute left. I have two yeah. dogs, though, and multiple people. There's p- plenty of people that have multiple dogs. Can dogs communicate with each other as effectively? Of course. Yes, oh, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. I mean, they, they have whole lines of communication oh. that we don't have. I mean, they can sniff each other's butts and find out what's going on that way around, which a oh, lot of Michaela people does just that don't one. know how to do that. Michaela okay. does do that one, actually. I did it one oh, time. That. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad, we're only, I'm glad we're only connecting on the radio I know, here. Dr. Clive, you're lucky you're not in studio. This could be an HR issue very quickly. Dr. Clive, thank you so much for joining us, professor of psychology at Arizona State University and author of Dog is Love, Why and How Your Dog Loves You. This was my favorite conversation yeah, I might today. grab a copy. I, I love this. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, coming up, I am all for splitting the bill uh, with your partner, but is it fair if your partner makes five times as much money as you we'll discuss in seven minutes Rocco pay up the morning beat with AJ and Michaela channel Q okay who's the a-hole you ready for this ready a 22 year old woman uh, began dating a 32 year old boyfriend a little over two years ago she's graduating from college she's exploring grad school options and will live off of her family's support in the meantime but here's the issue she says my boyfriend currently makes around three hundred thousand dollars a year and just received a job offer in a city across the country that would pay him over $500,000 per year with bonuses. He wants me to move in with him to the new city. I'm fine with the idea of moving there, even though it is not my first choice of places to live. I could probably go to graduate school there to make the relationship work. Mm -hmm. Here's the issue. He wants me to pay half the rent and half of our expenses. This would amount to around $2,500 per month. She says that's not reasonable. Who's the a-hole? Um, I don't Tricky. know. Here's what I'll say. Should it be a 50-50 split if he's making five times what she makes? What I will say is that when I first met Lisa, I didn't have any money. I was in a position where I was just broke. And I uh, was able to very quickly make money because I started gigging again, but I'd had surgery. It was a whole thing. And Lisa was like... I will pay for everything until you feel comfortable. There's mm. no reason that you should. You like moved your life out here to be with me. I've got you. And even now today, Lisa makes more money than I do. So Lisa covers more of the bills than I do. Um, she covers our couples therapy. Like she uh, is very, very good about that. And if I were to ever make more money than Lisa, I would totally 
take on more brunt uh, financially. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's ridiculous. If you're making five times more than somebody and, and expecting them to live or be able to afford the lifestyle that you have. Yeah, not just that. To move cross country to be in the city where you have the job opportunity and to uproot her life and then say that she has to move, you know, go to graduate school in your city. You're the a-hole, dude. Like, this yeah. is interesting to me because there's so many people that I know, and I have so many single friends who never understand why they're single. They can't figure out why they can't find somebody to date. They can't make it work. Well, this is a humongous red flag to me. If I'm with somebody, and because I've been in the situation where I've been the broke younger person, and I've been in the situation where I've been the older one that has a little bit more money. And for my fiance and I, over nine and a half years, we've both been both. You know, he's never gone through a period where he wasn't financially super, super stable. He's he's working freelance right now for the last year for the first time in his entire life. And that's all I've ever known. Yeah. And there were a couple of years where he really kept me afloat for a while. Remember I mentioned earlier I was an Airbnb host for a minute? I did that to cover my half of the rent because that was the big bill that I had to worry about, right? And he would pick up little bills here and there to cover me. He would take me out to dinner like once every couple of weeks to make me feel special so that I didn't have to worry about it so that we could continue dating even though I didn't have the money to date during that time. Fast forward a few years and and now I can again and it's nice, but he's freelance and so his money can fluctuate month to month and he's had to learn to allow me to pick up some things and to cover him. Now he pays his own bills, but if you're going to ask somebody to make a decision like this and live in a place that you can afford, but they can't, you better be ready to pay more. I think he's definitely the a-hole here. Yeah. I think so, too. All right, coming up on What's Poppin', this A-list celebrity says she still dreams of her exes. Have you had a dream about your ex? No, I literally never, did no, last uh-uh, week. No. It was crazy. What? Yeah, we'll talk about it. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. I love that song, the whole idea of if the world was ending, you'd come over, right? But it hits a little cl- too close to home recently. We've been through a lot the last couple of years. I just want to reiterate on air, Michaela, if the world is ending, do not come over. Like, let Lisa take care of you. I'm co- I'm I've got, over. listen, I've got my fiance. I've got my dog. It's all I'm I can handle. I don't care. Lisa's, AJ, I'm coming over. Lisa's got you. You're covered. I know, but if I feel like coming over, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to. I'm going to say, hi, it's me. Open the door. Hmm. After I wait 48 hours to get up your elevator. Yeah, because it's always broken. I will then get up there and I will say, open the door. It takes a while to get to the 10th floor. It does. It's not easy. Great. Now Can't scale the what, building. People know what floor I live on They're now. They're going to come and get you, baby. They're going to break it down and figure it all out. <laughs> What do you have for us? What's popping? Okay, this is so funny, actually. Drew Barrymore is saying that she still dreams about her exes. And she says it's actually quite a relief. Take a listen as to why. Have you ever had a dream of an ex that made you go, ooh? I I think that's the only place I'm getting action these days, Ross, is in my dreams. And every once, like, every six months, I'll have the hottest dream, and I'll be like, oh, my God. Really? Yes! Whoa! And I'm like, oh, I am libidinous and alive. Oh, my God, yeah. She says it makes her feel more alive. I'll tell you what. This is really super crazy. I was telling you this. I have really vivid dreams. And I had a dream about my ex this weekend. And in the dream, he wanted to get back together, which, obviously. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Like, no. 
But we had this full conversation, and it was like a very peaceful, wonderful conversation. His mother was in the dream, who I didn't like either, but she was like being nice to me in the dream. It was so odd. But I think that we also sometimes dream about our exes because, look, you have to think about it. If you've spent time with somebody in your most intimate ways, and if you're talking even years, you're going to dream about them. Subconsciously, they're still there. For sure, a thousand percent. Right? I've had wild sexual dreams about exes you and have? about buddies of mine that are just straight. Oh, really? Yes. Really? I th- listen, I think it's really? more common than we realize. I think it's more okay. I've, I've thought about exes. Who, what's the craziest person you had a sex dream about? Um, oh, God. Oh, wait. Who was a buddy of mine? I've had a couple of them. I've had sex dreams about like co workers that are guys. That I've had to go work with the next day. That's right. And it's so awkward because in my brain, I'm like, we had sex last night. And we totally didn't. Of course. But in my brain, it feels real. That's the worst. If you've had sex in a dream with somebody that you know in real life that you have to see the next day, you're like... Listen, I also think it's okay, though. If you're in a healthy relationship, your partner doesn't care. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I told Lisa what happened. She was like, great. How are you guys? And I was like, we're good. You might have a dream about them. You also might, like, there might be moments where you're having sex with your partner, and you might have a fantasy about somebody else, and you feel like you can't admit it, and it's scary and terrifying, and you're going to get in a lot of trouble. But if you're both- Do you fantasize about other men when having sex with a male? I have. I have. 90% 90% of the time, I'm only thinking about him. But sometimes... But I think that's fair. Yeah, Listen, he knows let's it. Let's break it down. You see somebody super hot and attractive. You're never going to have sex with them because you're in a very loving, committed relationship. Sure. So you go home and you're like, hmm, maybe let's a pretend, little yeah, pretend. I'm going to pretend like you're him. Yeah. And he kind of likes it. Yeah. And also, my fiance is so hot Yeah. that I don't need to stray. But that, uh, listen, I always say, just because you're, you're on a diet doesn't mean you can't look at the menu. Oh. I like to peruse the menu from time to time. My God. Get, take us out. What was that? I don't... The Morning Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, I'm going to let you... Not watch Poppin' News on the Beat. It's fine. It's it's one of her her marquee segments. Listen, it is what it is. It's probably because you were dreaming about being with... I couldn't even say it. Being with you? I don't want to... Michaela, okay, you can't even make that joke because you know it's so far from the truth. Comfortable to you, which I was gonna be like, because you were dreaming about me. Michaela has tr- been trying to sleep with me for 15 years. No, and I haven't. It's never gonna he happen. Everybody, I, I want to sleep with him, so well, I was gonna turn the tables and say it's because you want to be with me. It's interesting how easily it. it rolls off my tongue, but when you try to say it to me, you can't even keep a straight face because stutter. you know it's not true. I don't want you, Michaela. I don't yeah. want you like that. You know what I do want? What? Tickets to Lady Gaga. No, I want it too. Unfortunately, I can't get them because I work for the station. you can. You could. That's right, because Channel Q has your tickets to Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball. taking place at Dodger Stadium Saturday, September 10th. One of only 15 stadium shows the entire summer. Concerts are back, baby. Uh, Tickets go on sale March 14th at Ticketmaster. But why wait when we've got your chance to win your way in? Channel Q is giving away five pairs. That's 10 tickets. I'm good at math. And one of them could be yours. Head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to enter and win. The show is September 10th. It's going to be fire. I know that's right. It might rain on you. And it would be so incredible. It would be like purple rain when Prince was singing and it started raining at the Super Bowl. It would be an experience, honestly. You know, I saw Beyonce at the Rose Bowl during her On the Run tour night one. Stop. When she and Jay-Z were going through all the breakup rumors and we weren't sure who Becky with the good hair was, all that stuff was going on. And it started when she said she went up there and she was singing to that audience like, you need to be on my side. And she paused 
And she looked out into the audience, and I kid you not, it started to rain. Stop! And we were all crying. We're like, what is happening? It was a moment. Wait, did she mean for it to start raining on you? Yeah, she made she made it rain. She called God and said, hey. Listen, she's Beyonce. I wouldn't put anything past her, okay? She's an icon. Mm-hmm. Well, That's pretty cool. So is Lady Gaga. Okay, good. And you can go see her at Dodger Stadium. It's time for news on the beat. Like I said previously, obviously. News on the beat. That's what we're doing now. Uh, news on the beat. Okay, honey. Well, I'm here and I'm ready and I'm available. There's a lot going on in the news. Multiple recent studies have concluded that conversion therapy harms the mental health of those subjected to it, but a report published Monday is the first to quantify the economic cost of the discredited practice. Efforts to change LGBTQ people's sexual orientation and gender identities cost the U.S. an estimated $9.23 billion each year. The Trevor Project a national crisis intervention and suicide prevention organization worked with a team of economists to develop a model that would examine both the direct costs of conversion therapy and the ongoing costs of mental health and other kinds of metal medical treatment, I'm sorry, for survivors of the practice, which entails talk therapy to, in rare cases, shock treatment and water torture. If you think it's okay that it is still legal anywhere, you are sadly, sadly misinformed. Uh, all right, another news Students swarmed the state capitol in Tallahassee on Monday as debate on the controversial Don't Say Gay Bill got underway in the state Senate. After first gathering for a rally on the steps outside, students walked into the capitol and took a seat outside the chamber. Videos shared from inside showed the group observing a moment of silence as a youth organizer read the names of LGBTQ people who have died by suicide after experiencing anti-LGBTQ hate. That was followed by a chorus of Amazing Grace. The Parental Rights in Education Bill, as it's officially known, would limit discussions of sexual orientation and gender identity in some classrooms and potentially allow parents to sue if they believe any reference to LGBTQ people or issue in school is inappropriate. The bill passed the Republican-controlled Florida House <clears throat> on a 69, I'm sorry, to 47 vote last month, with seven GOP members crossing the aisle to vote against it. All right, let's get into some weather. I'm sorry, that was so aggressive. I like came in super hot, and, and then I was like, now for weather. It's intense. Sorry. 54 in New York, 70 in LA, 64 in Vegas, a high of 75 in Palm Springs, 52 in Houston, and 75 in Cathedral City. That give us the vibe of the day, babe. I really think a champion is defined not by their wins, but by how they can recover when they fail. Love. Serena Williams on this International Women's Day. That's a direct quote. That's right. Talk to us about the recovery, honey. All right, coming up, we are joined with someone who had a queer wedding, and he's sharing advice that no one ever tells you that you need to know. Coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. As you know, uh, we're inching closer and closer to my wedding this summer, uh, getting married in June uh, to my partner of nine and a half years. Super excited about it, but also we had a, a long Zoom with our wedding planner in Mexico yesterday, and it's stressful, right? We're picking out florals and linens and silverware, and, and I I think I catch myself sometimes overcomplicating things because I want it to be so perfect, uh, and I think underneath the surface is the queerness of it all and the the emotional drain that this process has been finding out where some of our family members actually stand in regards to our relationship. It's why this article is so powerful. It was published in Them this week. The title is What They Don't Tell You About Having a Queer Wedding, The Hardest and Most Gratifying Parts Aren't Anything You'd Expect. And we are so grateful to have the author of this article 
Timothy Dewhite mm-hmm. on the line with us right now. Timothy, thank you so much thank for being you, here. Timothy. How are you? Yes, thank you for having me. I'm doing doing pretty good today. Well, yeah. it's it's interesting because so many things about this article hit me in a way that I did not expect. And as as my partner and I both go through therapy individually and as a couple, we're realizing that there are a lot of aspects of this this wedding planning process that we didn't think we would be feeling. You know, mm-hmm. we knew, listen, we work in Hollywood. We're an interracial couple. We knew there would be some some obstacles to overcome. But when you talk about the family in Brooklyn and the childhood and the cousins, my partner's family is from Brooklyn. They live there now. And all of the Jama- uh, all the Jamaican aunties who love and adore me and make a feast for me every time I come over, one by one declined. And the, mm. the reasoning just is heartbreaking sometimes. You know, we try to tell ourselves it's because it's international and we're, it's a pandemic. Okay, great. Or the co- it's cost prohibitive, maybe, to a degree. But these, his women, these women travel. They do travel the world. Right. So how did you navigate some of those unexpected sort of emotional you know, pitfalls while you were planning your own wedding? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was hard. Like, so me and my partner, we actually was planning our wedding for about two years or so. So like the process is very long because we started with the idea of having a summer 2020 wedding. And then obviously mm. that didn't work out. So the process was just longer. So in the course of it being longer, it was also just more and more tough, like feelings and things I had to interact with with family. Um, and it was hard up until like, like the first, like up until the day of the wedding, to be honest. And what, what I didn't share in the article was that eventually I had to like disinvite my mother for a whole nother reason. Mm. Um, so the only family I had there was my, well, blood rather was my brother who I absolutely love, but that was it. And then I had like my chosen family. So, what I think, I think the process to it was always difficult, but what made the day perfect for me and like the best day of my life, honestly, um, was that I started to recognize that like this whole process of a wedding or like basically what we understand weddings to be for queer people is really an accepting of ourselves, you know, like so often we've been told like our, like our desire for love or what we see as like what love means for us is like not right or incorrect. And for us to like throw a wedding, like something so grand and large centered around this love that is supposed to not be um, anything worth celebrating is huge. Um, And it's something that I didn't know that like my younger 19 year old or even 25 year old self would have ever, ever experienced. So yeah, the day itself is what made it, all worth it. You know, Timothy, I'm not getting married uh, yet, but this story, uh, for some reason, brought a totally different emotion out in me and reminded me of a funeral, which sometimes has the same emotions, but in a different mm-hmm. way. Because what really like made me choke up is when you talk about your cousins sharing the Wendy's meal in the back bathroom after your grandma's funeral. Because when my grandma passed away, it'll be two years in April, my boy mm. cousins and I all held hands and sat around her bed as she passed. And we all looked at each mm. other crying and we all said, let's be better than the next generation. Let's take care of each other. And when it came time that we were talking about our children, my partner and I have been together for seven years. One of my aunts chimed in, how do you have a baby? Is it going to be an alien baby? Which immediately Mm. I was like, you're not invited. And now nobody's invited. And they're very Italian. And it was, it, 
it was so emotional reading your story because when I lost my grandma, I felt like I lost my entire childhood. I don't have a I don't have a relationship with my mother. I sort of have one with my father, but the way you've described this wedding process as sort of a death as well is not even something I ever thought about and something so beautiful and so so sad. I mean, at what point did you sort of work through that or do you I'm, i guess i'm just asking for hope on how long that takes yeah i'm still working through it honestly um but what i said in that piece around like the wedding being like a sort of demarcation it was for me it was like this is a day because when we think about the popular understandings of weddings it's supposed to be a day that is like supposed to be your perfect day right like granted it is always go out that way for a lot of people but the general intent is that this is going to be one of the best days of your entire life and for that to be the intent and then people say they don't want to show up what does that mean for them as it relates to like their advocacy for your just being happy you know and if i realize that like, these people don't even want me to be happy how is it possible for me to continue my life with them so it was a lot of mourning that day of just like, wow, a lot of what I thought to be possible, in particular with my cousins, over I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned how I don't mention my partner to, um, during functions so we can still have a good time and all that. All that is not possible possible for me to continue after I've had a wedding, you know, like, especially mm-hmm. in my life. It's interesting, to, Timothy, because like I... um. I read this article just a bit ago when we were preparing for this, and I, like I'm trying not to get emotional because it's just just a lot. And yeah. I say we just had a meeting yesterday, and, and my partner has been the most incredible person to lean on, and vice versa. And my heart was breaking for him every single time somebody new would decline. And the reason we would find out was just really hard. Um, mm-hmm. Michaela's in my wedding; she's been incredible, but like it is hard. Like my sister's not coming because she just doesn't think that's what God has for me. And all of a sudden she judges that. And she's known me yeah. loved me for so many years. My cousins, I was in both of their weddings and it's not even, I think it's an international wedding and it's during a pandemic. So I think in some ways yeah. we chose that to sort of insulate ourselves from some of these conversations subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And it, I was in both of their weddings and I didn't get a phone call from either of them. I didn't get a congratulations on my engagement. And it's not because I even think they're necessarily anti our relationship, but I don't think they're ready to celebrate it the way that I always thought they would be. And that has been, I have two cousins coming. I have so many cousins. I have two cousins, one uncle coming and my sister's not coming. It's just, Right. I, I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't know. They have a question. I think no, I just honey. want to thank you because like, no, this article is really good. And I guess just to um, like affirm what you're saying is that like it matters that people don't want to celebrate you, you know, and that's what I've learned throughout the process of having my wedding last year and the process of just like continuing to grow as a person who's no longer living in shame. It matters if people don't want to celebrate you. Like I can't, that's not a small thing for me to like ignore, be like, Oh, it's fine. You don't have to, we can still have our own separate dinners where we like are still c- close you just can't be out in the open with it like i can't live my life like that i don't well, think any queer person 
and yeah. And I think that weddings are like a very cultural thing, and I think we grow up having amazing experiences. At least I did at They're weddings magical. It's your, with yeah. my cousins. Right. We ate so much, and and for people that don't understand the bond with cousins, they were my brothers. I feel that you feel the same way, Timothy. I know that AJ does yeah. as well. So to see everybody get to celebrate the cousins, the aunts, growing up in these big weddings, and then knowing that they just will not celebrate yours. It it's the it hits so much harder having gone to many weddings over a lifetime for all of your family members. Right, and the, one of the big things um, I was like made me want to write this because truly I didn't know I didn't know the experience what the experience would be until I had the actual day. Like when you actually have that day and like everything has come together and you like have your vows and all that. Um, there's so much reflection that happened to me in that moment that I just wanted to like in any way share to people. It's like once this day happens, um, and just not everyone's experience because not everyone had like a great wedding, but I'd say for mine, and if it's like rooted in the love that you want, um, you're not going to want to accept anything else from anyone else, you know, especially if you're here with your partner trying to continue a life that is like full of joy and prosperity and all that. You don't want to, carry along anyone who doesn't want to celebrate that so you shouldn't have to you're incredible this article is incredible it spoke to both of us aj is still so emotional um what they don't tell you about having a queer wedding by timothy g white thank you so much for joining us thank you thank you have a good one y'all you too tell me something good i'll tell you something great airbnb and the people who Airbnb their homes are doing something really awesome for the Ukrainian people. They've set up 100,000 refugees fleeing from Ukraine with free housing, at least temporarily and potentially long term. Airbnb's co-founders have already sent letters across Europe, starting with those in Poland, Germany, Hungary and Romania, offering support and welcoming refugees within their borders and promising to work closely with governments to best uh, support the specific needs in each country, including, uh, in some cases, longer-term stays. It's all part of a bigger movement that Airbnb has been doing for quite a while as an organization. You know, they provided housing to over 21,000 Afghan refugees, um, and, and, and they're continuing the pledge. I think it's really fascinating because I was an Airbnb host years ago for a while when I was sort of going through a down spot, and I needed the money, right? and didn't want to move out of my place, so I thought I'd rent the extra bedroom. So we had people staying in our home with us, which was kind of wild now that I think about it. But Airbnb doesn't own any of these properties. These are these are people's homes. Totally. But they've agreed to say, okay, Airbnb, let's put them up. You're going to pay for them, but we'll have these people in our homes, sometimes sharing space with these you know, Ukrainian refugees who might not speak the same language as you. They might not have the same sort of culture as you. They might not, you know, have the same life as you. Obviously, they've been uprooted. And to open your homes like that, I think, is also really cool of the people who own them. Absolutely. Well, listen, people are really showing up and showing out, but it's International Women's Day, and i got to give props to mamas, especially in Poland, uh, because moms in Poland are leaving fully equipped strollers waiting for Ukrainian moms at a train station at the border. The strollers were placed there by Polish mothers, knowing that these Ukrainian moms may have multiple children or just one. They're heavy. Uh, they're little babies, and it's a lot of travel. And I think it's such a great thing. I mean, moms are so special, and the fact that they thought about these other moms during such a difficult time is so incredible and uh, just goes to show why we have International 
Women's Day in Ukraine and uh, Poland, especially. We're sending you so much love. Now, uh, before we let you go, we want to tell you about one iconic woman. Channel Q is your tickets into Lady Gaga's Chromatic Ball. It's at L.A. Dodger Stadium, Saturday, September 10th, one of our only 15 stadium shows this summer. Tickets do go on sale March 14th. But why wait when you've got your chance to win here Head on over to WeirdChannelQ.com. Uh, I'm sure we'll be playing a little Lady Gaga uh, in this next three hours of incredible music catered for you. And then stick around for Let's Go There. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 